Welcome to episode 271 of the Rugby League Republi podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we review the NRL Indigenous Round. We discuss the Tigers' terrific turnaround. We preview State of Origin 1 and much more. Join us as we build the Rugby League community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 271 of the Rugby League Probably Podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fan's perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, uh, you know, I'm sick of always talking about the Eels and the Tigers, and, you know, we're always down in the dumps, and, oh boy, how depressing. Uh, no, <laughs> this week is different, isn't it? Look, just when I thought... You know, the Eels uh, had really turned it on against the Rabbitohs, um, pr- stamping their claim as premiership contenders on the Friday night. The Tigers mm. decide to outdo us on Saturday night, and boy, did they outdo the Eels this weekend. Uh, talk of the town are the Tigers. How are you feeling? Oh, Dr. T, I was uh, in shock, <laughs> right? Absolutely surprised. <laughs> you, know, you know your team is not doing well when... Um, when you were shocked just to hear them win and then to see them actually thrash them. Um, put it this way. They were leading at <laughs> halftime. I think it was 24 to, to 6 or 18 to 6. I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's got to try. I think it was 18 to 6. No, maybe even 24. Anyway, whatever the score was, I thought, <laughs> oh, man, we're going to lose. They're going to run us down, <laughs> right? But it went the other way. It went the other way. So it was there. So it was, look, it was absolutely fantastic. Hey, look, all four um, Western Sydney teams won on the weekend. Isn't that amazing? It, it is amazing. And, um, and yep, I did not predict yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think, like, well, the other one that was um, where I heard and I didn't actually put it together, but just um, is that all four of the bottom four teams won. <laughs> on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the first time it must have happened in years. But look, it's an amazing competition this year. And look, um, you know, I had South Sydney pegged in as like a, you know, grand finalist for sure, but it didn't happen. But look, I think, I think, look, we've got a lot to talk I mean, we're talking about the NRL. That's how hot the NRL season is. But man, we're like, State of Origin teams have been announced. <laughs> uh, we've got so many other great things to talk about, right? That's right. Well, it's going to be, you know, very much a Tigers and State of Origin focused episode today. And we do have a lot to get to. So let's launch into it. Tackle number one, our review of round 12, the Indigenous round. Here we go. Okay. Looks like the sound isn't working, but we'll keep going. I'll add that in later. All right. Um, All right. So uh, round 12 review, Indigenous round started off with the Panthers 15 to 4 over the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium in front of about 33,000. The Dragons upsetting the Roosters 24-22 at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium on the Friday 6pm game in front of a very low 9,000 crowd. 
the Eels 36 to 16 over the Rabbitohs at Allianz Stadium on Friday night in front of a healthy 27,000 crowd. The Sharks 26 to 6 over the Knights at Coffs International Stadium uh, in front of 10,000 or so there. The Tigers 66 to 18 against the Cowboys at Leichhardt Oval. On Saturday, the Twilight game, 5 p- 5.30pm, in front of 12,000. Uh, very strong Tigers fans there. The Storm, 24-16 over the Dolphins at Suncorp Stadium in front of 28,000 on Saturday night. The Bulldogs, 20-18 over the Titans at Accor Stadium in front of 10,000 on Sunday. And then finally, the Manly Warringah Seagulls, 42-14 over the Canberra Raiders uh, at uh, GIO Stadium in front of 14,000 or so fans. Tish, uh, I think it's fair to say we know what your highlight is of this round. Um, but I'll, I'll uh, and we will talk about the Tigers in detail, but uh, did you want to say anything about any of the other games that caught your eye? Yeah. Oh, well, look, let me, uh, what did catch my eye, which uh, I did want to raise, um, and I was actually thinking about this, I think in the first game, actually the Thursday night game, and I kind of, uh, thought about it throughout the whole thing, but um, I really enjoyed Indigenous Round this year, um, particularly the ceremonies that would happen before the game. Um, you know, this thought crossed my mind, and I don't, and look, I, I don't want to be disrespectful for previous years and the and the coverage, but I really liked uh, what they actually showed on TV, and and like they they seem to spotlight it. I, I feel like a bit more than other years, and um, the thought came through my mind where. You know, a lot of these ceremonies, um, you know, they take a bit of time because it's disrespectful to sort of rush them or cut stuff out. And I just feel like we kind of saw complete ceremonies on the weekend, which I actually thought was quite good and quite interesting. And I think it was it was great embracement. So I think well done to the NRL, to the organisers, to, uh, you know, to the media partners and everything on putting on a great uh you know, a great Indigenous round. You know, the jerseys were great, and I thought every aspect of of it was great. And yeah, look, I think the as I said that the, it, it was definitely an upset round, uh, kind of unusual, sort of this far into the season that you see so many like sort of crazy, crazy outcomes. As I said, the bottom four teams all winning. You know, a lot of shocks here and there. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I've got to say, uh, like for me, one of the teams that was definitely in form. Uh, you know, the Parramatta. So Parramatta were able to beat them, you know. The you know who haven't had the best, uh, you know, uh, season so far. But the Rabbitohs, yeah, they looked, look, they looked contenders for every other week, and then um, I think Parramatta really showed them up. So a great performance, I think, from the Eels um, to our class, probably one of the best teams in the competition at the moment. Yeah, gonna have to agree with that. And I think, look, typically I rip into the eels and their performances and uh and you know it's all coming from love i'm i'm, I'm a trusted friend uh but i have to say that this weekend uh that that game against the rabbitos i mean they pretty much played out of their skin they were absolutely amazing um uh couldn't really fault you know i mean that did you know every now and again there's the typical kind of brain explosion and silly play but but really, they they really played to their strengths, and I think when when you know even those who were had uh, exhibited weaknesses, you know Hodgson was talked about being a bit slow and not really not really being um, you know being a bit of a liability even in attack. Um, he actually did really well. He, he actually forced uh, 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 Lachlan Ilias to kick the ball out on the full at least on one occasion. 
um, you know, mm. with his pressure kind of defense. And, and that's, it's the little things. It's the the small yeah. percentage plays that that show the fan and show really everyone, especially the coaches, that this is the um, this is the kind of team that you know is willing to put in that extra one percent uh, to get it to get the job done. And um, you know, and and so I was really very happy with that. I, I do going back to your point about the the way the NRL ran the Indigenous round. Uh, you know, I went to the game at Allianz Stadium. It was amazing atmosphere. It was, it was electric. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, the pre-game kind of hype and uh, medals and 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 presented to Indigenous players, past and present. Well, ma- mainly from the past, but you know, they they managed to get Inglis, Thurston, Steve Ella. You know, all these sort of players were, were there and that's a pretty big deal to get them all there on a Friday night um, uh, to present them to the crowd. And uh, and uh, and they even had, uh, you know, fireworks. They had Christine Arnoux singing. It was it was amazing. It was a very, very great atmosphere. And then obviously the it was just before the, the game and, and the game really delivered as well in terms of atmosphere. Um, and, you know, Allianz Stadium is such a great stadium. No, no matter where you are, you feel a lot closer to the action than you do in, uh, in a core stadium, I think. So... Um, definitely uh, a positive the way the NRL, from my perspective, the way they ran um, and honoured uh, the Indigenous players and past and present in the game. So that was amazing. I have to say as well, yeah, you, you mentioned the Western Sydney teams ended up winning, uh, also the bottom four teams that ended up winning, uh, some of which were the Western Sydney teams. So, you know, that all that does is really create a bit of a logjam in the middle um, of the of the table. Mm. Um, and also the the Rabbitohs loss meant that Panthers now for the first time uh, have gone to the top of the table. So um, that was a huge loss for the Rabbitohs, um, and it's come at a bad time because now State of Origin is going to interrupt everyone's season. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with the top teams and how they're going with Origin. I know we're going to talk about it later. But Tish, I'll give you the final word on any other game that caught your eye uh, that you want to talk about before we move on. Well, look, I think the Broncos had a spirited performance on uh, Thursday night, but, you know, uh, and I think they even scored first. Um, But the Panthers, yeah, they seem to be able to grit things out again. So, yeah, look, yeah, it was uh, unfortunate for the Broncos, unfortunate for the Rabbitohs, because I think, yeah, Panthers, I think we're going into this round. So both those two results have led into into that. And look, uh, also... Um, you know, there was another game that sort of went down to the wire, which was the Dragons-Roosters game where, you know, Dragons scored right last minute. And, uh, yeah, like uh, their uh, their coach, which uh, nobody knows, um, and I don't know if anybody still knows who they are. But, yeah, got his first victory <laughs> in the NRL. So congratulations to, um, you know, um, you know uh, he who uh, remains on the coaching staff for St. George. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, the, the the team without a coach or the coach without a name. I don't know. I don't know who it was. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Look, let's uh, let's uh, draw a line under that and talk about the Tigers. Uh, tackle number two. Here we go. All right, so obviously we are fresh off the Tigers scoring their largest win ever, <laughs> 66, the most points ever they've ever scored in a game, 66-18 to 18 against the Cowboys. 
And, uh, you know, at Leichhardt Oval, so there was that element of sentimentality there that it's the, the traditional, or at least of the Balmain side of the merger, traditional kind of home ground. Um, you know, not a huge crowd, but the, the crowd there, you know, in terms of vo- vocal noise would have uh, would have uh, overshadowed any other crowd on the weekend. But look, Tish, I wanted to sort of raise, you know, they've had a terrific turnaround, the Tigers, all of a sudden against the Cowboys. Uh, look, I think... From what I saw, I think it was more that the Tigers really clicked rather than the Cowboys were terrible, although they weren't they weren't very good. But I think it was more that the Tigers, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll open it to you. What do you think? What clicked this time that didn't click before? That's that's the question that everyone is asking. What's going on at the Tigers? So Tish, as a loyal Tigers fan from many years, uh, I think you're in a good position to shed some light on this. So what are your insights? Well, look, what, what I what I think is happening at the Tigers is that I think, uh, look, at the start of the season, you know, obviously they had a, a pre-season that they're trying new things and they're trying to develop combinations and things like that. And then, you know, I think it takes a bit of time, right, to get it all happening. And I think, uh, and I think every week, I don't, I think for the past few weeks, they've just been trying to out effort teams and get into the effort and stuff like that. And then like really try and get to sort of work together and build a team culture around themselves. Now they got a couple of wins, then they had a loss and now they've come back with another great win, the biggest one yet. So being able to correct, you know, come back from, you know, a pretty dismal week before, well, not a dismal performance before, but, but a result that they didn't, didn't desire um, where they, were scoreless against the Rabbitohs, right? Did not score a point, right? To come back now and to put 66 points on. Um, now, I do have to say, yeah, the Cowboys, obviously, they contributed uh, to that. Because um, We need to do a deep dive in the Cowboys and what's going wrong because they were a great team. We finished, what, second or third last year, and then now they've, they've, they've slipped dramatically. Um, but, yeah, look, for the Tigers, I think start to put things on and I've got to give credit where credit is due. I think Luke Brooks has been amazing in this turnaround, this, uh, you know, Renaissance, you know, they're calling it the Brookersance, right? Um, <laughs> but, um, but look, I think he's been playing the best NRL that I've seen in a while. Um, you know, he seems a lot more comfortable leading the team around. I noticed that the kicking game has become a lot more varied. Like there is, you know, attempts at 40-20s, there is bombs going up, there are grubbers going in. Um, there is, uh, I think Wakem is doing phenomenal, um, you know, sort of contributing. And also with the boot, I mean, he scored the majority of the, the goals, which weren't all easy, right? So 11 out of 11. Um, Jerome Buller is doing fantastic as a new fullback. And I just think their, their spine seems to be clicking, obviously, Api Carousel. Um, you know, they're starting to lead the team. And here's the thing about Luke Brooks, right? Like, you know, it's interesting, you know, he's had so many different combinations and, you know, with him and Dewey, it wasn't working. And then a few years ago, it was him and Marshall and, and things like that. But I think, you know, uh, I want to call this the Dylan Brown effect because I, I feel like Mitchell Moses was in a similar sort of position at the Tigers and then when he moved to the Panthers. If you look at the first uh, – sorry, at Parramatta. The first year that he was at Parramatta, um, you know, he he was with another experienced half um, who I think is now in Super League. I forgot his name. But – uh, you know, and it was it, it didn't really work in the first season that Mitchell Moses was there, but then the second season when you brought in the young gun halfback of the uh, sort of halfback five eighth of the future in Dylan Brown, 
suddenly Parramatta clicked a little. And I feel like Brendan Wakeham, as a young uh, half that now Luke Brooks gets to mentor, I feel like that has actually opened him up a bit more um, because he doesn't have, you know, the senior guy telling him how to run things. He, you know, he has to take that responsibility of being that guy that shoulders the young guy. And I think uh, Luke Brooks, with the amount of uh, flack he's gotten from me, other Tiger supporters, and the, the the fans and everything, I think he, you know, he can be a good Obi One uh, to to uh, to young. <laughs> Uh, you know, to, to, to young Wakeham. So, yeah. Uh, but, but look, I, I'll put it, yes, I'll say, look, the whole team, the combination, um, I think I'll, I'll bring it down to the spine and, and particular effort on Mr. 200, uh, Luke Brooks. But, you know, Dr. T, any any thoughts outside the fishbowl uh, of the Tigers? Well, yeah, look, I think your your insights are pretty valid and I agree with, with pretty much all of them. I think it is about, um, there's a few factors. I think, you can't discount the fact that for whatever reason, and it could be the fact that it was his 200th NRL game uh, that, that Luke Brooks kind of stood up and delivered, but Luke Brooks wasn't really, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if you could consider him the man of the match. I think there were so many other great players that in that team that, that delivered on that day. And I think you're right. I think it's a lot to do with, uh, you know, maybe, Look, I, I wonder whether the backlash to Brooks, uh, you know, the, the the discussion in the media that we, even we had about the, um, you know, Brooks hasn't really delivered and, you know, uh, what's happening with Brooks and, and that kind of thing, that maybe something has just sparked him into action and the entire team. I wonder whether that's just really the anger, the us versus them thing. I wonder if that's really spark them into action and that could be part of the reason but the other thing I, I wanted to add and maybe this is a longer term thing but I did notice that um, uh, you know some of the players and it's not just the uh, the five eight that you mentioned but some of the other players in uh, in the Tigers they they seem to be if you watch them carefully and and you you understand that um, you know the the Tigers are very much a uh, uh, it's it's a team Sheen's coach, but in reality, it's a Benji Marshall coach team at the moment. Benji Marshall is the man that has the headset on. He's calling all the shots. He seems to be doing everything. Robbie Robbie Farrer is there with his suit in the background, but it's really all about Benji Marshall, you know, calling the shots. And I wonder, I wonder whether um, you know what we're seeing with, with some of the players anyway that I that I saw. Is uh, you know one way to I guess uh, get yourself up from the canvas if you're the Tigers is you know bring Benji on board as uh, you know former great um, legend of the club bring him on board as a future coach and and train him and and get him set up that's brilliant that's step one but I think the other thing is to actually um, you know bring uh, bring the players on in, in a way that they they play a Benji style of football. Because, you know, you talked about Brand, Brandon, is it Brandon Wakeham, um, yeah. you know, who played, did he play the half, now, correct me if I'm wrong, did he play the halfback role or the 5-8 in that game uh, versus um, Luke Brooks, which, or did they switch around a bit? It, it, I think that he played number six. Um, okay. But yep. they played around a little bit too, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and I think that's, yeah. and they. you're right, the combination for whatever reason with Luke Brooks has just clicked at the moment. 
I have to say, if you look at Brandon Wakem, he looks a bit like Benji Marshall. He plays oh, yeah. a bit like he plays like Benji Marshall. Um, yep. Do we know for sure if he's not related to Benji Marshall? Because as I was watching, I was thinking, and it's not just him. There's other players as well that they've just. Did you say as a Jareem Buller? Uh, yeah. He they've got that style of play that you just. It's like watching Benji Marshall all over again. I'm not saying they're clones of Benji Marshall. I'm just saying there's a Benji Marshall-esque style to some of the key players, and they all delivered on the weekend. And I think, um, you know, considering they lost their, their one of their main stars to injury earlier in the year and they were down in the dumps, I think it was just amazing. So for whatever reason, again, I still don't know why. It might have been the motivation of having – uh, you know, out in the open, the discussion about Luke Brooks's performances over the years, not not being up to scratch and not being uh, what the Tigers fans would expect, um, and the fact that it was his 200th, maybe it all just sort of was a perfect storm of issues and things happening. And uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, look, Benji Marshall, I think, is already showing his hand as being a super coach of the future. I think. Uh, you know, they they did what they needed to do. He's developing some of these players into, you know, attacking forces and, and really skillful players. Um, and this is one example. And I think, I, I, look, I, I'm betting that we will see another similar perf- performance like this this year uh, that will be unexpected. I don't know when it will be. I'm hoping it's not against the, uh, the Eels, but, <laughs> you know, I'm anticipating we're going to see this yet again. So, Tish, final word, and then we'll move on to the state of origin. All right, Dr. T, I have the DNA results here. (laughs) Is Benji the biological father of Brendan Wakeham? The answer is no. Brendan, he's a dog. (laughs) He was a former Bulldogs junior. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think uh, Benji's uh, family ever lo- lived in the Bulldogs region, so that would, uh, that would, uh, yeah, that would, uh, that that is, uh, you know, inconclusive evidence that he is not the father. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, there you go, Mori Povich. There, right. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, let's start talking about state of origin now. The teams have been announced. Uh, the the game will be played next week, but I think we're going to preview the game this week, because by the time we record next week, uh, it'll be after the game when we publish. So we are going to do our preview. So let's start with the New South Wales team. Tackle number three, here we go. All right. The State of Origin team for the Blues we're going to talk about first. And uh, let me just run through and then I'll get your thoughts, Tish, on on the omissions, the uh, the additions, and any other issues that we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Tedesco at number one is the captain to be expected. The wingers are Brian To'o and Josh Adokar has returned to New South Wales. Well done. The centres are Latrell Mitchell and Tommy Tabrojevic. The half and 5'8 are Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. In the forwards, we have Isaiah Yo at 13, Hudson Young at 12, Tyson Frizzell at 11, 
at uh, 10, we have Payne Haas, uh, Apisai Kurosawa gets in at number nine, and Tavita Pangai Jr. Um, no, he's not hmm. playing for Queensland. He has devoted himself to New South Wales. He's a number eight. Bit of a shock there. We'll talk about that in a second. The interchange is Junior Polo at 14, Cameron Murray at 15, Liam Martin 16, Nicholas Hines or Nico Hines at 17. And the reserves are Stephen Crichton at 18 and Stefano, <laughs> I can't say his name, Utoi Kamanu at Ukulele. 19. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. right. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, now, it, Campbell Graham actually was picked as number 18, but he, I think, has a sternum injury. So he's out. Oh, yeah. uh, so Stephen Crichton has come in for him. So for those of you who heard the original um, uh, team being announced, I think, uh, yesterday on the Monday, um, that's been changed slightly. The other change, I believe, uh, is Hudson Young was, I think, 19, and he's brought been brought straight into number 12 to replace Jake Trevojevic, who's also been injured. So we've had a few injuries in the New South Wales lineup. But look, um, Tish, let me just be straight. The backs are to be expected, in my in my mm. opinion. The only difference is Josh Adokar is back. I must admit, Tommy Turbo, I uh, was a bit surprised that uh, he's only a couple of weeks back from injury. And look, yes, he had a pretty good performance against the Raiders, but um, he also got showed up a bit last week um, and, and showed up how slow he was. And uh, I don't know about that. So I don't know if he's match fit. I'm a little bit worried about that, but I think the Tommy Turbo magic factor from uh, the, for the last several years in, has indicated to Freddie that he needs to have him in the side. So that's fair enough. Uh, he's there at centre, partnering Latrell Mitchell. But look, I look at the the one to seven, and I think this is probably exactly what I expected from Freddie Fitler. It's really the forwards where where I'm a bit shocked, and and the interchange bench. Uh, but I'll get your opinion first on uh, you know drive away the backs. the backs or the forwards. Tell me what you think. Well, look, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to obviously Josh Adokar. Um, uh, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trebojevic, because I don't think uh, all three even played last year, right? Uh, and now you've got a situation where you've actually got the 2021 backline back, right? Uh, <laughs> which means, and this is what, like, you, you know, I mean, if you remember the scores back in 2021, I, um, you know, it was a very dominant New South Wales performance. There was a 50 scoreline, right, in one of the matches. So, so I definitely feel that... Um, you know, the right choices have definitely been made here for New South Wales for, for, for game one when it comes to the backs. Um, yeah, look, obviously, uh, you know, an injury to Campbell Graham, um, I think he would have definitely been in the mix, but I don't think he would have been able to replace these. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then also, you know, Tom Dravojevic, you know, he gets injured. It's like headlines. It's like the debate of all debates. Um, yeah, uh, when, uh, when, uh, uh, with the other Troy boy, Jake, when he gets injured, oh, yeah, it's all right. We've got Tyson. We've got Hudson. No problem. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not <laughs> I was like, oh, poor folk. But yeah, look, but it, look, it's exciting. I think it's exciting to have, first, it's very exciting to have Tyson Frizzell back for me, because I mean, Say what you want to say about his club form from time to time. I feel like he always brings his A game to New South Wales, and I always feel like he scores at every game that he plays. Right, and he's 
and, and he's kind of like the this like uh, a bit like um, you know that you know how like uh, Queensland normally get all these players that sort of uh, do well on debut, scoring Kenny tries. You know, I feel like Tyson is kind of like one of those type of players, but for New South Wales, you know, he's he scores the, the unusual tries. He, he did well on debut. He does those little things well, and he just he's just like a workhorse. He's just he, he's got he's got it. So I think. I think that's exciting. Um, I think it's really good. And, yeah, uh, Nicholas Hines getting into the squad, um, you know, probably the most exciting player, um, you know, off the bench type of thing. And, uh, yeah, we were thinking where would they fit Nico Hines, Appy Coruscant and Damien Cook. And, uh, yeah, and they've gotten rid of the Cook, it's, uh, which was a bit of a shock of a month. So, 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 but look, I think overall, like, I'm quite excited about this team. I think I'm a lot more excited about Game One Team 2023 than what I was for 2022 overall. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, um, look, I've, I've got to say, um, my my view of the forwards is slightly different. I think I've got an issue with Tavita Pangai Jr. Uh, okay. I know, I know, there's a, I know, there's definitely. Uh, it's a gamble, I think, put it that way. It's a gamble mm. putting him in there. It's a gamble putting Hudson Young. It's a gamble putting Tyson Frizzell. I think Tyson Frizzell, I, I kind of slightly disagree that uh, I think when he's there, he certainly does. Uh, um, I mean, I, I don't know if he always delivers for New South Wales is what I'm suggesting. So I think there's a, there's a case to be made that he was lucky to get in. Uh, but, you know, you've got others... Potentially uh, on the bench, uh, maybe Freddie's really thinking of using Paulo Murray and Martin more as bench players. So maybe he's actually uh, on onto something. Maybe Frizzell is the kind of player you don't want uh, coming off the bench, but just staying out there and having a stabilizing mm. presence. So I think in that respect, maybe Freddie has actually got it right. But I'm not sure about Pangai Jr. I think the, the issue that we've had with... Uh, him devoting himself to Queensland a short while ago, and then now, now to New South Wales, a bit of an issue. Appy versus Cook. Um, I did sort of say, look, up until last week, uh, this weekend, you know, Cook was probably the front runner, but Appy has really shown. I think he's been one of the the main reasons why the Tigers have uh, kind mm. of, uh, you know, turned their their fortunes around recently. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not I'm not against that at all. So I think, look, I. All in all, I think this is has got the right level of, you know, st- there's a lot of motivation. This is a motivated team. There's players mm. that are on fire. There are players that are out for redemption, like Josh Adokar. There are players like Luai and, and Hines that have their own story about, you know, uh, one's nipping at the heels of the other. Um, that's going to motivate them both to actually perform better. Uh, Pangai Junior, I think you've the you know having him Payne Haas, the form prop of the of the competition, uh, you know Yo is always ever present, and then you got on the bench. I mean, Paulo Murray and Martin and Nico Hines. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that's a star-studded uh, interchange bench yeah. if ever there was one. And I think um, for, I'm very confident with this team that that they'll absolutely dominate. Um, the Queenslanders, I think, uh, we'll get to Queensland in a second, but um, mm. you know, not not doing the silly thing of matching uh, player by player. You know, that's not how you should preview State of Origin. It's not about player versus player. It's about the team. It's about do they have the motivation? 
Are they there for the right reasons? Are they going to do that 1% play? That's really what we need to worry about. Um, and on that and on that note, we will talk in a minute yeah. about Queensland, and I have my views about that. But, Tish, I'll give you the final word on this New South Wales team. Yeah, well, look, um, that's a very interesting point that you made about the forwards. And I, I kind of see what you're, what you're seeing because I just realised this. Like, you know, if you took Junior Pollock, Cameron Murray, Lee Martin, those three forwards there, right? Um, you know, if you sort of go, look, you know, why were they picked? What's their A game? I think... I think the main thing is is that all three of them are very solid players, right? And they're players that you can kind of trust on what they're going to do, which is, you know, hit the ball hard, you know, make a lot of tackles. Um, you know, you, you expect Polar to to get uh, offloads away. Uh, but I, I wouldn't call him a risky player, right? You've seen some very good skills. And, and, and I don't think any of these three are like the ones that you see first in on a fight, right? <laughs> right, I, yeah. I, I think on the bench. I think the bench, the bench is actually stable, right? But then the first twenty minutes, you've got the hotheads out there, right? Because like you know, uh, I think I think I think Pagai Junior has that like he's noted for that, right? Um, you know, he gets <laughs> under the skin, or somebody gets under his skin, right? That that's how it works for that guy. And then Payne Haas, uh, he does have a bit of. Uh, anger in him sometimes and you know a, a mistake here or there like you know a, a tackle that will creep up um Tyson I think Tyson's a bit solid but I think Hudson Young I mean Hudson Young gets uh I mean well his coach is Ricky Stewart so um you know and I have seen him being a bit of a hothead too right so I feel like the entire camera team is a bit of a hothead but anyway that's a, that's a different story um so yeah so, so <laughs> Yeah, so so yeah, so you're right. The first twenty, maybe after twenty minutes, you know, the penalty count might be twenty to one to Queensland, right? Um, that that would not go down so well. So, yeah, but look, you know, uh, maybe maybe what we uh, what we're going to give away in penalties is going to make up for in aggression, and uh, I think he's going out uh, a lot to try and dominate the forwards. Um, over the Queensland pack, and I think, uh, yeah, I think when we talk about the Queensland, we could we could probably figure out a little bit about why Freddie is going so hard uh, with a really aggressive attacking pack. Um, but very interesting. Well, let's talk about that now. Tackle number four. We're going to go through the Queensland team and then give our predictions. So away we go. Here we go. So in contrast to New South Wales going for, you know, very strong lineup with, uh, you know, the Queensland, Billy Slater, they've gone for, you know, some form players. There's also been some shock omissions, which we're going to talk about. So let me go through the squad. At number one, we've got Reese Walsh on the wing, Selwyn Cobbo and Murray Talangi. Uh, centers, Valentine Holmes and Hermiso Tabwai Fido at six and seven, Munster and Cherry Evans at captain there. In the forwards, Carrigan at 13, Tom Gilbert and David Fafida at 11 and 12. On the front, we've got Thomas Flegler and Lindsay Collins, Ben Hunt at number nine, and on the interchange, Harry Grant, Tino, Ruben Cotter, Jai Arrow, and on the reserves, Tom Dearden and Christian Welch. And look, the notable omissions there are 
Um, Kalen Ponga isn't there, hasn't been called up. Uh, Reese Walsh, uh, I believe, is on debut, actually, this uh, time around in in fullback, which is always an iffy position to <laughs> debut, um, uh, a, a young player like Reese Walsh. Um, and uh, who's the other omission? Uh, Dane Gagai. Gagai, yeah. And, and I did, I called it. <laughs> I said, I said earlier, I bet you anything they're going to, uh, they're just going to continue picking Gagai. If they do, it will be a mistake because his form does not warrant it. They need to be looking to the future. They need to blood some other players, um, and and you know he's been a bit of a liability in defence as well. So look, both these players uh, that have that have missed out, uh, Gagai and Ponga, have done really well in the, in the state of origin arena uh in fact i think you could say they've pretty much always delivered at in origin level when they haven't necessarily done so in their corresponding clubs um and yet here we have billy slater a queensland legend um doing and the opposite of what queensland normally do which is stick loyal to players that they know can get the job done um is this a sign that Queensland is panicking? Were they worried about maybe the defensive liabilities of Gagai uh, and uh, Ponga? Was he worried about Ponga's, uh, you know, health, um, you know, at this level? I don't know. I think all I'm saying is this is not the Queensland sort of team that I would have expected. So I wonder whether it's Billy Slater you know, panicking, uh, knowing what he's uh, got up against him in New South Wales. What do you think, Tish? Yeah, well, it is very, very interesting. So uh, I'm just looking at the press release because there there are, yeah, it, it is very unusual to be talking about a Maroons team that had a season victory last year uh, that now are making changes and not all of them are necessarily due to retirements or injuries, right? Um, and look, obviously, the first thing is that um, Josh Papa Leahy, uh, or, uh, and and apologies if I, I didn't pronounce that correctly, uh, but he has uh, actually, you know, um, announced his retirement. So we knew that there was going to be some changes in the forwards, right? And um, yeah, look, I thought they were going to stick sold with Dan Gago because that is the Queensland thing to do. And I even heard Billy Slater when he was talking about um, Josh Papali's exit. Um, I think he. I think they sort of alluded to the fact that, you know, he kind of deserves it, you know, because of the great service. And then, and then we see the squad, and I kind of feel like, well, hang on, uh, what does Dangaga deserve, right? Like, yeah, fair enough, he hasn't been playing the best for 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 Newcastle, but it's not really the 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 Queensland way. But you know, Billy Slater, he's his own man. New standard, new year. Um, I've got to say though. Uh, Hamaso Tabuwafido, you know, is going to be on Origin debut. He has been absolutely on fire for the Dolphins. I think he's been easily like, wow, they're bit, they're big star at the moment. So I think that is a great inclusion, right? Um, I think last year Christian Welsh uh, missed out on injury. I know he's on the uh, reserves bench. I think um, Tom Dearden. Uh, I don't know if he actually got to play last year or not, but. You know he's he's going to be in the squad somewhere there, um, yeah. you know, sort of coming in, um, and uh, yeah, and I think they look. I think it's a pretty solid s- squad, uh, regardless. They've gone for the Ben Hunt uh, starting Harry Green off the bench approach, and uh, that was a bit of a weapon for them last year. 
Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that is going to play out. And I think also, um, you know, they've put their hot head, uh, Joe Arrow, off the bench, <laughs> right? So, um, uh, yeah, and I think... Uh, well, is, is Thomas Flegler also a bit of a hothead, or am I thinking someone else? And David Favita as well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think Lindsay Collins might be. Is well, Lindsay Collins Roosters, right? Yeah, so... so and Cameron so, Munster, so all... the original hothead. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. The OG of hotheadness, um, Cameron Munster. But look, um, yeah, look, so, so I think last year, obviously, Queensland winning... They had some, they had some, uh, you know, great debutants. I think Selwyn Colbo debuted last year as well, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, but look, you are right. The okay, Reese Walsh playing fullback on debut game one when the series is still on the line. Oof, that's tough, right? Um, you know, James Tedesco he had an outstanding debut for New South Wales, uh, and he debuted a fullback. But that was on a game three where New South Wales had already lost the series, right? I think it's different in game one when the series is still open, um, but. You know, New South Wales are going. I'm oh, sorry, Queensland are going with that gamble. So that is a uh, a big thing. But again, you know, the Maroons when people debut for the Maroons, they don't seem to uh, they don't seem to get as flustered as, as much as the New South Wales debutants do, right? So uh, look, I don't necessarily think that he's uh, he's been terrible. I do think that he's been outstanding for Brisbane, right? He's he's been a big weapon and. Um, you know, uh, they've also got the hammer that could go back and play fullback. And, uh, you know, and I suppose Valentine Holmes is also going to be a, a good choice for fullback as well, right? So they do have some coverage there. Um, but, yeah, but I think it's all going to be – I mean, look, I think it's the two packs. Uh, because, look, yeah, this the back line for, Mar- uh, for Maroons are no stouches as well. Like, I mean, uh, Valentine Holmes versus Latrell Mission and the hammer versus the turbo. Like, that is – <laughs> that is some good. That is some good theatre right there, right? And you know, Cobo versus Toho, uh, the fox. I mean, oh, just too long. You have a like, is he the cat? I don't know. The fox was the cat. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I think the backline uh, clash is going to be outstanding. Absolutely. Look, um, I guess we'll we'll talk about it in the tips, but you know. Do you want to give a bit of a preview uh, before we get to the tips of who you think? Uh, might win uh, this game. Look, I think it's in uh, look, it's in neutral territory. Um, you know, the Switzerland of Australia, uh, Adelaide. So, um, you know, so <laughs> when you think about these two lineups when they're going to play, I think New South Wales will take it out. I just think that the look. I think the forwards. Um, I mean, I think even with the debutants, I don't. I don't think they're that far out. Um, you know, I think the uh, the the Hines off the ba- bench matches the Grant off the bench, so I think that kind of nullifies it a little bit. And then I think any team where you got Latrell Mitchell and Tommy Turbo in the centres combination, um, I, th- I think they're just going to edge out. Yeah, so I- I'd say look on paper, I think New South Wales will take uh, take it out, and and I wouldn't be shocked if they actually blow them out a little water too, but. I'm probably more leaning towards a, a bit, a bit of a close one. Uh, how about yourself, Doctor T? Yeah, I'm. Uh, look, I, I'm thinking it'll be a bit of a blowout. Actually, I think, I think uh, you know, certain New South Wales players are really coming into their own at the moment, uh, form-wise. Um, it will start out. It will be a typical Origin game, but I think uh, New South Wales will run away with it at the end. 
and and they really need to. It's a must-win game for New South Wales. I think anytime they play in a neutral ground, they uh, you know, especially if it's game one, they struggle. Um, and Queensland has consistently surprised us with their tactics and etc. So I think this is really for New South Wales to uh, to win. They need to get up there and they need that motivation. So um, yeah, tipping them to win by quite a, a fair way, but it, it won't it won't be easy. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, look, we'll talk more about la- that later. But look, let's go into tackle number five. We're going to talk about the women's state of origin. Here we go. So we've got next week. We've got obviously the men's state of origin starting up, but the women's state of origin, which is also uh, well, no, it's not going to be a it's going to be a two game series, not a three game series. Is that correct? Um, yeah, they're going to actually be played in the month of June. So the first game is going to be the day after the men's state of origin, uh, and it will be played on Thursday, the first of June in. Uh, at Combank Stadium in Sydney. And then the return leg will be on Thursday, the 22nd of June at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, Townsville. Both of those stadiums are going to be absolutely in for a treat. Um, you know, the women's game has definitely grown over the years and we've started to to see a lot more of these uh, superstars being formed and forged uh, in these uh, real high-pressure kind of game situations and as well as kind of semifinals and grand finals that we've seen the last couple of years. Um, so, so, yeah, New South Wales looks like, you know, they've got their... Uh, they, well, they won last year. Um, they need to defend their title. Um, and uh, I think the uh, the Blues team, let's just quickly go through the Blues. Uh, do we have uh, – uh, I don't know if we have the Queensland – oh, we do. So I'll go through the Blues team first. And, Tish, maybe if you want, you can go through the Queensland team. Um, we've got six debutants in the Sky Blues 20-player squad for the women's origin game. Uh, so New South Wales coach Kylie Hilda has included Brooke Anderson, Ellie Johnson, Tegan Berry, Jamie Chapman, Talia Fui Moano and Jesse Southall as first timers. It's a pretty strong squad with lots of origin experience and also 11 Jillaroos from the World Cup winning Australian team from last November. Um, so I, I think this is a going to be a very, very strong New South Wales lineup. Let me go through the team. Brooke Anderson, Keezy Apps, Shaley Bent, Tegan Berry, Millie Boyle, Jamie Chapman, Kennedy Charrington, Yasmin Clysdale, Keely Davis, Quincy Dodd, Talia Fuimuano, Ellie Johnson, Isabel Kelly, Olivia Koenig, Rachel Pearson, Tiana Penetani, Jessica Sergis, Jesse Southwell, Sarah Togatuki, and Emma Tonegato. Um, you know, a team, you know, a lot of these players, as I said, I think there were 11 that were in the Jillaroos lineup that won last year. That's a pretty strong, dominant New South Wales lineup. Tish, uh, do you have the Queensland squad in front of you? Uh, yeah, look, I've got it. Look, Queensland have revealed a small 18 squad, 18 player squad ahead of the uh, the origin opener. Um, so I don't think they've got the full 25 yet, but, you know, experienced uh, Ali Bringenshaw will captain the side once again. And, um, you know, representatives like Sophia Holman uh, and Kelly Joseph have been named in the squad. Uh, and debutants like Romy, uh, Tessa Zul, Emma 
uh, Mazinal Man and China Paulata will be uh, obviously hoping for their debut. So the players that they've announced so, so far are Taryn Aiken, Emily Bass, Ali Brianshaw, Destiny Brill, Shania uh, Chislas-Lakia, Jessica Ellingston, Tasman Gray, Sophie Holman, uh, Kelly Joseph, Emma Mazelman, Shannon Matto, uh, Ivania Paletti, China Paulata, Shania Power, Julia Robinson, Romy Tezatul, uh, Zahara Tamara, and Tamika Upton. Well done there. You deserve a medal for some of those names are very difficult to pronounce. But look, yeah, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a, a great series. But I think mm. uh, similar to the men's, my prediction is that we're going to see uh, the women uh, ending up winning that one, uh, the New South Wales team over the Queenslanders. Um, Tish, uh, let's move on to our tips uh, for round 13. And we'll also throw in the origin tips as well. Here we go, tackle number six. All right, so look, after 12 rounds, I uh, I had a shocker last round. I got three out of eight. You got six out of eight. So you're extending your lead. Uh, you're at 61 for the year. I'm at 52. Um, let's jump into the tips for round 13 of the NRL. Uh, we've got the Dolphins and the Dragons. Uh, so it's obvious, let me just sort of clarify. There are quite a few, this is like one of those split rounds. There's quite a few teams that are having buys this weekend because of the state of origin. So we're ending up uh, only really with five games to, uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about the origin tips as well. Dolphins and Dragons is the Thursday night game at 7.50 at KO Stadium. Uh, I'm going to tip the Dolphins with this one. What about you, Tish? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Dolphins. Now, Eels and Cowboys at Combank Stadium, Friday 8 p.m. I think it's fair to say Eels are going to demolish the Cowboys if, if, if they play the way they did and, and, and the Cowboys play the way they did against the Tigers. This will be a demolition. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm tipping the Eels because I, I don't think the Eels are that affected by State of Origin. Um, maybe only Parlour, right? So, yeah. Uh, possibly, yeah, that's right. Um, Warriors and Broncos at um, uh, Warriors are at home at McLean Park, 5.30 p.m. Saturday. Um, I Look, I'm going to tip a bit of an upset. I think the Warriors will come to play and uh, they've had the weekend off. So I think they're going to do it against the Broncos. Yeah, look, I'm going to tip the Broncos. They are missing some players from Origin, but I think they've been, uh, their form has been just so good that I think they will still uh, have a strong showing against the Warriors and be too strong for them. All right, Rabbitohs versus Raiders. Um, look, without Latrell Mitchell, I'm not really sure, but <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one. Um, look, I'm tipping the Rabbitohs just because they've got, uh, you know, Damian Cook is really in- integral to that team, so I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. Look, I think the Raiders are fuming, so um, I'm going to tip the Raiders. Um, <laughs> Ricky Stewart, yeah. yeah. Five in a row that they've had, and then um, last week was uh, was bad, so I think they want to really make up for it. Um, Newcastle Knights versus Manly uh, at Sunday for 4 p.m. at Mo- McDonald Jones Stadium. 
I'm tipping Manly. Now, I know they don't have Daily Cherry Evans, nor do they have Turbo. <laughs> However, uh, they are they are getting, uh, you know, Jake Arthur, who has moved across from the Eels to the Manly. What? Yep. Who oh. may who may step into the fold as st- stepping halfback and, you know, standing halfback and may actually do well. But I think Manly will, will win this one. Um, I've just got a feeling about that. I don't know whether the Knights... Uh, you know, have it in them to match Manly. But it's going to be an interesting one. So what do you think? Yeah, look, um, on the new news that Arthur is the halfback, um, I'm going to tip the night. Because, like, I just, you know, Manly, they're a squad where uh, last year we saw that division that caused them to just, like, start losing, right? Now they lost two of their major players. And, uh, yeah, they're kind of, really important to their team, right? And I think they're also going to have Jake out as well. So, um, yeah, things not looking good for Manly, I think, for this week. So, so the lights for me. All right, fair enough. Um, look, let's go to the women's origin. Uh, oh, look, I'm I, tipping... I think we'll, uh, Dr. T, I think we'll do the women's origin for next week's tips because it's going to be on the Thursday night. Uh, oh, okay, yep, yep. No, fair enough. But we definitely so, didn't yeah. need to do the men's origin. Um, I, I think I said it earlier. I'm tipping New South Wales uh, to... You know, if we're if we're using the old uh, betting uh, terminology, it's thirteen plus, I think. Okay, let's give let's give one point to the person who gets the uh, the right thing. So I'm going to tip New South Wales as well, and I'm going to go. Um, well, you've gone thirteen plus. I'm going to say twelve and below. <laughs> one to twelve. There you go. Well, that's you know that's the tip. It's one to twelve <laughs> or thirteen plus. It's either that. So I look. You're obviously expecting a tighter game than I am. Um, I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that our our boys are going to do it. Um, they've got that motivation there. I think pe- players like Josh Adokar, they've just come back with a vengeance after the World Cup. And, uh, you know, now he's sort of back to fitness. And, yeah, we'll see how we go. But, look, that's it for the podcast. Uh, that's it for our predictions for uh, for Origin. And we're really looking forward to it. The, the boys have gone into camp now. Uh, and uh, we'll see what happens on the weekend in the NRL. But I'm looking forward to game one, mm. which will be next Wednesday night. Um, so by the time we – the next episode of this podcast will actually be a review of that game. Uh, hopefully we'll do a live review or, or not live review, but we'll do as close to live as we can after the game. Reactions, our raw reactions after the game, yeah. So look, looking forward yep. to it. But Tish, um, thanks for an epic podcast yet again. Uh, over mm. to you to wrap this up. Yeah, well, thank you, Dr. T. Another epic episode. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. Join us next time for some tears or some cheers as we do the State <laughs> of Origin review. But, that's, but join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.